0: Welcome back everyone. This is Mental Health in the Academy. I'm Carlos Perez. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also a licensed professional counselor. I currently serve as a chair for the Department of Psychology and Counseling here at Lubbock Christian University. This podcast is in collaboration with the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Scholarship that's directed by Dr. Kathy Box. The center wants to provide resources for faculty and staff and students. And part of those resources is this conversation, mental health in the university life? I'm excited about today's conversation. I'm here with Dr. Sean Hughes. Long, Hi. long hey Sean, thanks for being here. Oh, absolutely. Sean's an associate professor of communication and media at Lubbock Christian University. Um, he has been the president of faculty senate, he has been a strong voice in the LCU community. Sean, last week you and I had a brief conversation about uncertainty reduction <laughs> theory. Yeah. Yeah, uh, This is really interesting to me. So let's start with this. What What about mental health in the academy do you think is important for us to think about?
1: Well, you know, when it comes to, uh, well, everything is important for mental health. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. so that right there is is uh, axiom, I suppose. But um, but when it comes to uncertainty reduction theory, uh, Berger and Calabrese really put this together about interpersonal communication. So if we just role play for just a minute, okay, we've never met. Sure. So sure. Hi, your name is Carlos. Yes. Hi, hi nice Carlos.
0: I'm Sean. So, w- what do you do? Ask questions about where are you from. Yeah. What do you do? with That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: So every time we're asking those questions in a normal get to know you type thing, we're reducing the uncertainty. Got yeah. That's gotcha. the idea behind. So mostly it deals with like interpersonal. But then there are applications of this that get into uncertainty avoidance, which is more intercultural. But then we also get a larger
0: picture, which I think we're seeing now, which is organizational. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I'm curious about, right? Because if we're talking about mental health specifically in the academy, mm-hmm. the academy is going through a very interesting time right now. Uh, universities, not just small liberal arts right. universities like LCU, across, across the United States, uh, higher education is in a very interesting time and I'm wondering, say so. Say more about that. Say more about uncertainty at the larger, larger scale, like you're talking about, as it applies to higher education. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's uh, well. The whole idea of of reducing uncertainty gives us more confidence. Gives us, I guess, in a would give us better mental health. Mm-hmm. So if we can reduce that uncertainty, but right now it's a horrible time, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you had the you had the pandemic and think about just the uncertainty oh that was oh in the goodness. pandemic. Yeah. We went from being told, um, you know, it's no big deal. It's going to disappear by April. if I remember somebody saying that, <laughs> uh, you know, all these. No, it's no big deal. It's not really here to all of a sudden. Panic, and I think Tom Hanks and the NBA put it over on the same day. You know, like there was this day yeah. in March when the NBA canceled the rest of their season, and Tom Hanks and his wife got it, and something yeah. else happened, and all of a sudden it was like, "Whoa, oh, this is real! This is happening!" If Tom Hanks can get it, you yeah. know, yeah. And then suddenly we went the other direction. Now we've got stickers on the floors in the supermarkets yeah. where I remember yeah. driving down Slide Road; nobody was on the street, ghost town. It was yeah. just bizarre. And we're thinking, are we going to have to isolate like this for? And for the academy, it meant suddenly shifting the way that we instruct. Yep. And yep. and or do we continue? You know, some some university said, yeah, I'll just go home. Some of them said, like us, okay, we're going to continue this over computer. Oh, yeah. Uncertainty yeah. all over the yeah. place, and and it felt like with every answer, we had popped up two more questions. Yes, exactly. So exactly. I feel like as a society, we've we are tired. We're worn out from that. But then you specifically look at the academy, not only have been, we've been faced with the question of how are we going to deliver instruction in this uncertain and changing legal environment? You know, it's illegal to go to school now or it's legal sure, or yeah, whatever, yeah. or it's in Texas, it's illegal to ask students to wear a mask or, sure. um, so, you know, all these different legalities that we're hopping through and at the same time, um, we're being told by the national press, "Hey, maybe a college education isn't really worth it." Yep. Yep. Golly, we're spending more money on college education than we ever have in our history, yep. and is it worth it? And so, it, yeah, it's an uncertain future for universities, but at the same time, we know from thousands of years
0: of experience, it is worth it. Of course, it is. I mean, we're, we're this, this is our life, right? This is what we do. Yeah. We're, we're 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 professors. Because even even this, the future post-COVID, mm-hmm. I think a lot of universities figured out, hey, look, we don't have to be here in person. Yep. We don't have to meet on campus. Right. We can do this completely online. Mm-hmm. And so that uncertainty for a lot of people in the future is very interesting to me. I think that the uh, the
1: nonverbal factor really comes into play here because the the amount of richness that we get from nonverbal um, interactions on face to face are so much better than we do over distance and I'm not saying the technology is is not catching up because it is you know Zoom meetings in the last 2 years oh, sure. have increased yeah. dramatically in their quality so we're getting there but it's still not quite the same there's a there's a component of face-to-face interaction that we lack even over a zoom meeting and uh, it's hard to replace that
0: and so you you mentioned earlier that uncertainty reduction theory is about interpersonal mm-hmm. or I, it what I what I heard is it's it's about people it's about relationship sure. it's sure. about and, and how you and so I have a couple of notes here because if we're talking about the the interpersonal part of, of this theory and how interpersonal, relationships especially new ones can lead to certain amounts of uncertainty let's i want to focus in specifically on the interpersonal part of a university Mm -hmm. and and how the university is run and Mm -hmm. and committees and and tenure and all that kind of stuff let's let's land on that for a second how do you think the way a university runs liberal arts r1 whatever how do you think the way the university runs lends itself to aspects of uncertainty in interpersonal relationships?
1: Does that make sense? I would, I would go back to, um, um, Dr. Ken Jones was one of my mentors and I really respected him president here for about 20 years and really did a great job about leadership. And and one of his tenets when he was writing his books on leadership was that, um, an organization rises and falls on leaders Mm -hmm. and, so, yeah, I think we can see that, but that leadership permeates. And so that leadership, I think, provides cues for reducing uncertainty or for creating sure, yeah. uncertainty, okay. albeit in a uh, uh, not in a malicious way. But they the the leadership of any organization can really help or hurt that. And also the um, the rules, you know, there yeah, there's yeah. I was a member of a church one time. Uh and they had an absolute rule that there was no gossip. <laughs> like, wow, that's a great rule. I'm glad you could write that one down. But how do you prevent <laughs> gossip? You know, there's no way you can prevent it. And I've seen organizations do stuff like that. You, you know, you must. In fact, I think uh, um, everybody at Facebook now... They're no longer called employees. They're called uh, <laughs> meta workers
0: or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, yeah. uh,
1: wow. So things like that can yeah. really enhance or reduce the uncertainty. And yeah. enhance is not a negative, not a positive thing in yeah, this exactly. way. You know, we don't want uncertainty. The The less uncertainty we have, the better, the stronger our relationships interpersonally as well as within the organization. It's important to also realize that no organization is not interpersonal. Of course. They have to be. Of course. You, you're, even if you're only telecommuting to work, there's an interpersonal component yeah. there. And that's why um, one of the theorists, uh, Herzberg, basically posits that work itself is the biggest level of satisfaction. And in that, there are things like relationships and everything else. So yeah. if you like your job, then it's it's worth it. And uh, a pay increase might help
0: a little bit, but it certainly can't outdo... bad work environment exactly you can't you can't replace that you can't fix that either so and that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to think about because if uncertainty uh correct me if i'm wrong this is why i understand if if uncertainty lies in interpersonal relationships i wonder how many people who work with other people are living in a in a pretty fair amount of uncertainty because of leadership because of decisions because of whatever I wonder how many people are living in that kind of Am I understanding that correctly? What do you Yeah, think? and we
1: can't we can't just uh, you know, it's not Pollyanna. We can't just suddenly say we can do this and this and this and reduce all ones. it's never going to be totally reduced. Sure. Even sure. even in a uh, you know, a long marriage or something, there's there's always uncertainty. Um there are also life changing events. I've, I've had these in my personal past. Mm. Um, you know, once you get cancer or something like that, a terminal disease or something, it, it'll actually change your outlook. And so suddenly the things that used to be important aren't important. And that increases the uncertainty on those around you. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, everybody's now like, wait, what's important to you or what's not? And, um, but I think also the pandemic did this as a whole to yeah. our country because we're seeing this mass. I, I have a, a, a sister-in-law who works at a, a large insurance corporation and she's like, we are desperately trying to keep all of our top level managers because everybody's quitting. Yeah, Everybody yeah. is yes. it's looking at their life and going, you know what? This is important. This is not. And my job falls on the not side or, or something like that. Yeah. And so they're, people are reassessing
0: where yeah. they're at. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that because of the past couple of years, because of the the flux, So, and this is one of my next points, because I wonder how much of this theory, uh, from the little that I've read, doesn't talk a lot about trust per se, but I'm reading a lot of that in in most of these axioms. Yes. And what do you think about that? Yeah, I
1: think trust is inherent within the axioms, is is the idea that, um, and to to clarify, Bergen Calabrese came up with, you know, a certain number of axioms, seven or eight. Axioms yeah. And, like and so, yeah. so part of their axioms include verbal and nonverbal and, and things like this, but that um, they use the term intimacy. Yes. Yes. And I, I want, think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. intimacy can, can parallel with trust here. Yeah, We don't have intimate communications with people we don't trust, but you don't get to a level of trust until you've reduced the uncertainty mm-hmm. to a point where you're like, okay, we can talk about this now, you know, and it's not always a verbal, it, it, sometimes it's nonverbal, sometimes it's just, you know, it just happens. But at some point in a relationship, you go, all right, I think I can trust this person. Yeah. And then you start sharing a little bit with them. And the reciprocation has to be there, too. Yes, yeah, exactly. The, yeah. If I say, you know, hey, here's a deep, dark secret, and you go, oh, well, well, I'm not going to share any more here's, of my deep, yeah, dark secrets. Yeah, I'm done, yeah. you know? And, and that actually lowered our intimacy and increased my uncertainty. Exactly, yes. So, it is interesting within an organization that when we are forthright with the communication within the organization and we're telling everybody, hey, this is, even in tough times, when we're telling everybody, hey, this is what's got to happen, I think people can expect or can accept that. I think people are mature enough to be able to say, this is kind of an intimate Exactly, thing, yeah. And I'm building trust here. And... I don't have all the answers but here's all the things that I do know. That helps so much more than we can't take any questions on this. Yeah. That that um that really hinders a an organization's and it, and and you feel
0: it because once that's been done then every conversation is going to be about that topic. Exactly. Well and and if I see that playing out in front of me and I and I am I, I'm in a situation where information is shared, decisions are made, and I have no space to ask questions, No, then now I'm left with, well, so I, I forgot what axiom that was. I think it was six talking about the intimacy. Mm-hmm. This person is not giving me intimate communication. They're right. not giving me, and so they're just, and so now- And I'm, reciprocity and too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so now I'm left with this idea of, well, basically uncertainty. What What is really happening? What is going on? What are they thinking? That kind of stuff.
1: And so I come to you and I say, Carlos, what have you heard? Ex- exactly. And you're like, yeah. well,
0: I heard that it's space aliens. And I'm like, well,
1: <laughs> that makes sense. And then suddenly we're united on this and symbolic just, convergence yeah. about space aliens. Yeah. But but you know, and that could have been avoided with um I think a level of of intimacy or yeah. trust. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, that full disclosure that says this is really where we're at. As opposed to um you know, when you've got a, a small child, you're not going to tell them everything because it's sure. just going to overwhelm them. Sure. You know, but I tell them, don't touch that hot stove, you know? And so, th- and they, they're like, why? And I can say, well, because it'll burn you. And then the why? And I'm like, well, let's talk about molecular dynamics and heat. No, you know, at some <laughs> point I just got to go because I said so. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I said so really, really gets thin as we get older, as we move from pedagogical learning to andragogical learning and as we mature as adults, you can't satisfy
0: a wide audience with because I said so mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, we're not we're not looking for all the answers right. but if there's at least open communication about intimate things mm-hmm. some I'm, I'm, I'm thinking something in my head like look guys, I don't have all the answers right but I'm struggling with this I'm scared to something yes. like that yes that, that's intimate communication. It is. And and I think that goes a long way. And going back to the theory, that reduces uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, and you just tapped on something too. Self-disclosure yeah. is part of this. Yeah. Being vulnerable,
1: and I try to tell my students in my um, basic public speaking class, the more vulnerable you are to your audience, the better your audience is going to get your message. Of course. They yeah. they just feel it. Whereas if you try to stand up there and put up a shield and you're focused on your hand gestures and you're focused on your voice and you're focused on telling the funny story the right way, then you're not going to connect. No, no. You've got to be open to them. Not that you can't have the good gestures and the good
0: voice and the good stories. You you can have all those, but there's got to be a connection there. Of course, and that helps. So there's a part of this definition that I w- that I want to pick your brain about because uncertainty... Leads to cognitive stress, and the cognitive stress is really important to me. So, if we're talking about intimate communication and how that helps with uncertainty, yes, I I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into the cognitive stress part of it, mm-hmm. though. How do you define, especially as it pertains to the theory itself? How do you define cognitive stress? I think it, I think it would have to be a negative. Yeah. Um.
1: In terms of, it's all pervasive I I think the higher the stress is the less you can do thinking about other things oh yeah you know almost like a Maslow type of thing you know if I'm stressed about my job I'm not thinking about my vacation yeah yeah. I'm not thinking about uh, a new car I'm not thinking about anything except am I going to be at work next week yeah you know and and if there's an entire environment like that where there's a lot Mm -hmm. of people who are you know looking around thinking where's the axe going to fall then that that just that creates a lot of cognitive stress it does yeah there's no way around it and I I would love to say and one of the things that is also true about communication we stress this like on the first day is that communication in and of itself is not a panacea it's not like we can talk everything out sure it's not like I mean if we did then there would be no Ukraine and Russia issue going on sure, right now. Yeah. You know, there's no need for that because let's all just sit down and talk it out. It, well, sometimes that doesn't work. Sure. But the uncertainty reduction theory specifically says the more conversation and the more these things are applied, then then perhaps we can reduce that uncertainty at least until we feel like we're not connecting with them. You know, there's 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 barriers there. Mm-hmm. It's not like just talking is going to do it. But
0: yeah, you know, it, it, it's a well, reduce- cognitive stress is not a good thing. I no, it, no, it's not. It, of course it isn't. And reducing uncertainty doesn't mean you're going to fix all the world's problems. Right. But at least that part won't. Be, at least we'll be certain. At least we'll feel better. At least we'll have a better relationship. Mm-hmm. And if we can get there, that's a huge step oh, yeah. in the right direction. I really think so. Um, so I so I have, I have a couple of notes here about cognitive stress specifically because uh, this is kind of a, a, a chain thought. So So bear with me. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, I talked about anxiety and how a common response to anxiety is to avoid certain situations, certain people, conversations. And the more we avoid those things, the more we tend to make up stuff in our head. And we think, oh, they're thinking this, that's going to happen. So I'm not going to go there. And so we make up fiction in our head. And I'm tying that to this uncertainty theory that we're certain uncertainty reduction theory we're talking about, because I feel like if we live in a place of uncertainty, mm-hmm. we are good at making stuff up in our heads. We're good at filling in the blanks mm-hmm. that we don't have. Mm-hmm. And so what, what do you, what do you think? I don't, I'm not saying chicken or egg, which comes first, but I feel like there is some kind of a relationship between anxiety and uncertainty and the, the uncertainty that we live in. What do you think about? That? I think it's a brilliant
1: insight. I think that's really fascinating because especially what
0: you're saying, if, if we,
1: you know, if we avoid situations, we're going to fill in the blanks. Yeah. And, and I can see that in my own personal life. You know, I, during the pandemic, we had to avoid certain things. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, you're like, why did I need those things? Mm-hmm. And you kind of weigh it one way or the other you know and if you're like me you ended up being more of a recluse i think afterwards <laughs> but but there are other things that that you know i probably do more of than i did before because i find that i need them i don't know yeah, if this makes yeah, sense or is, not I'll but but that that stress i think i personally tend to avoid stress yeah. i don't i don't like it of course yeah yeah and oh i i want to i want to avoid it and so yeah i i can see that cycle Especially yeah. if I'm in a level of uncertainty about something. Yes, exactly. And I don't know if I really want to open myself up to the whole process of reducing the uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm just, I, I kind of, what you're saying, I, I tend to fill in the blanks in my mind. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, the reason it wouldn't work is because of this, this, and this.
0: And that's it. And we believe it and it's yeah, the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cognitive dissonance. We've decided on our own. Yes, this is have, why yeah, we're yeah. not going to do this. And, and so, and I feel like we do that to live with that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's almost a, a survival instinct. Even it's got to be some kind of evolutionary thing. That if, if my mind can't go there, if I don't have an answer for that, I'm going to re- resolve this on my own. And I don't know how healthy that is sometimes.
1: And we've got to remember also that that um, I think those connections and those those willingness to 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 enter into uncertain situations and that willingness to engage with cognitive stress gets Narrower as we get older, perhaps. Uh, I tend to, in my life, think, "Yeah, I've been there, done that." When I never have, I've never really been there Mm. and really done that. I've done similar things, perhaps, but I just put them all in the same category and shove them to the side and say, "I'm too old for that," you know. Yeah. Uh, But I think a lot of our students are not too old, and not only that, but they're still where we were, way, way, way back. Um, You know, when we were looking and going, the world. Yeah. I can explore the my daughter. She went to Spain, and she went back to Spain as yeah. a, as just a just a, to visit with some friends, cool. you know, and stuff like. I am looking at it, and I am thinking. I think I went to Riadosa once. <laughs> you know, she's already been to Spain, and and I think yeah. that's great. I want my kids to have those experiences, and I want young adults to get out there and really look at things and not to be uh, jaded, perhaps, sure. yeah. and yeah. worn down,
0: but. Uh, yeah, I don't know where that was leading. To. No, no, no. I'm, I'm following. I'm following. You mentioned something important because the student experience of this mm-hmm. is key for me, because if we're if we're working at a university and I'm I'm just talking about higher education in general, sure. And if people are living and working in uncertain uncertainty environments, mm-hmm. the students are on the receiving end. It's of It's gonna that. trickle down. It has to trickle down economics.
1: You know, we can agree or disagree on that one whether it works. But trick, trickle down uncertainty definitely it's a thing works. I
0: yeah, it's a
1: thing. If I'm uncertain, even if I never say anything yeah. in class, and I wouldn't, um, uh, but uh, you know, even if I weren't to say anything or to intimate about it or, or gripe certainly to a student. That they're they're feeling it too. And they're not dumb. They know something's going on. And they yeah. hear yeah. as many rumors as we hear, you yeah. know, and, and they
0: know that the space aliens are coming. You know? <laughs> we, we can't hide that from them anymore. I'm from Roswell. <laughs> and students see they see changes in front of their eyes. Right. They see faculty come and go. Mm-hmm. They see administration come and go. Yeah. And so they see the the I don't know if you want to call that uncertainty, but there's got to be questions in their minds about all the changes that they see in front of them
1: what if you had uncertainty as to whether or not
0: your advisor was going to be back there it is yeah
1: you know yeah. And, and and maybe yeah. they even intimated well i'm not sure i'm going to be here to teach this you know yeah Oh yeah. well um yeah that's hard
0: they have to feel that
1: it's kind of like yeah. you know a, a teacher leaving a class in the middle of the year mm-hmm. well miss smith what's going to happen to us uh you'll be taken care of but you know
0: don't that's, worry that's hard. We'll, we'll figure it that's out right yeah. I, it's yeah. it's
1: easy for an adult but it's really hard for for um for
0: for a more open mind perhaps sure. yeah. to really yeah. just grasp that and if we're talking about that whole cycle of of anxiety like i if students are left with that amount of uncertainty they're going to fill in the blanks themselves and they're going to say xyz about the professor the department whatever and so that's yeah, I will. I will tell you a joke um, that uh, uh,
1: mom and dad were in the next room arguing, you know, and little Johnny is is sitting on the couch and he overhears them arguing and he suddenly screams out. Yay, two Christmases. <laughs> Point being is that that I think that that same dynamic, you know, when mom and dad are having problems, it's going to be well known by the kids, even totally. if mom and dad never fight in front of the kids or whatever. That that level of stress, you can't hide it. Totally, you know, yeah. you, I mean, the, the dinner conversation gets really stilted. Um, so
0: yeah, we we fool ourselves into thinking that yeah. we can fool others. Yeah, and especially when it comes to something important like someone's education, mm-hmm. they're going to pick up on stuff. They 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 take that. As much as we say students are lazy, fill in the blank. Students take their education seriously, and I think they feel the changes around in the university around them. Are really, not just LCU, every university.
1: I was I was uh, in a different university, and uh, I was a student at a in an upper level type situation, a graduate level, and so I had to ask one of my professors about something, and uh, basically why he was doing it this way and he finally said, okay, let's, let's talk. And we had a phone call, which was unusual. (laughs) And he said, okay, you deserve to know, and I deserve your respect in order to keep it quiet. Wow. And then he told me what was going on and I was like, okay. But within that conversation, I got a glimpse into all kinds of stuff. You know, the, 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 issues that he was having to deal with, but also the political uncertainty of if this became public for him, what would that mean? But I respected him that he would finally let me in on, you know, and that gave me more certainty as to what was happening and stuff. Um, It was a difficult situation. It was, it was not political. It was more health related, but still, you know, that's, that really was uh, eye opening for me. And I've been in the situation in the last few years where I've, had those similar conversations with Mm -hmm. my students. You know, I respect them enough to let them know what's going on. And at the same time I expect their respect enough to, to keep it to themselves.
0: It's one thing to face change with uncertainty. It's Mm -hmm. another thing to face change without uncertainty and without that cognitive stress. Mm -hmm. Those are completely different experiences. Yeah, it really is. And so like, yeah, I think that's awesome. If, 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 professors communicate to their students and say, look, you deserve to know this. That's right. that's awesome. Right. I really man, that's awesome. That's it's
1: so a lot. more one on one basis rather than it wouldn't be something you would discuss in front sure. of an entire class. You sure. know, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, our personal lives are going to change. Like, totally. like maybe you ought to write that down. If, uh, our personal lives are going to change. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, unnecessary. So, yeah, when they do, though, our students are feeling it as well. Oh, yeah. And, okay, and yeah. it's it may have nothing to do, quote, unquote, with the job, but it does. Yeah, of course it does. And I, I forget that sometimes. and hmm, We're all people. I know. So, That's a good one to write down, too. We're all people.
0: <laughs> so a couple more things here. So I have this idea that so if we're talking about uh, going back to the axioms and the way to reduce uncertainty Mm -hmm. and we're talking about trust and connection what maybe there's not an answer to this but what about people who aren't comfortable or who are afraid or not safe or don't feel safe to reach out and to have those conversations with this level of intimacy what about those situations what do you think about that I I don't I don't think Um,
1: I don't think URT specifically addresses that, but I also don't think it allows for that. Okay. In the fact that um, I may be the type of person that I'm only going to be intimate with one or two people in my life. Sure. You know, and that's fine. That's there's still a path of reduction there. There's still a path that we're going to follow, but it's not going to be as broad based as with others. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just we're different. And and that's okay, uh, but I think the, the theories and the axioms still hold true, even though it's not as broad based, perhaps sure. with gotcha. that with that personality. And that's that's another th- problem that we have. You know, we we have a communication issue called uh, communication anxiety. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't do a good job of studying it because no one in the area of communication (laughs) has it, you know, it's, it's hard for us to study because it's, it's an outside thing, you know? And so we, we know more about it, but that was a, that was a big eye-opener back in the 80s when suddenly they discovered it. and They're like, wait a minute. How are we studying communication anxiety when nobody in here has it? <laughs> that didn't mean you have to be a heroin addict to sure, study yeah. heroin, you know. But, but still, yeah, it was one of those things. So we kind of expect people to be very similar to us, and
0: they're not, and that's okay. Communication anxiety. I'm, I'm writing that down mm-hmm. because yeah. that's really interesting to me because that speaks to what I'm trying to ask because wh- what if people are, do have anxiety about sure. those kinds of things and opening up and go ahead. The, well, the PRCA
1: is the personal report of communication anxiety and I can give you more information on all this, but the, the whole idea is that there's actually four different types of communication and you may be more, you may have more anxiety in one than the other. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's interpersonal one-on-one then there's a uh, small group okay yeah casual small group but then there's meetings which is more like yeah, a yeah. classroom or a business meeting and then finally there's public speaking yeah. so you could be high or low on any of those without any correlation to the others hmm. and and uh, so yeah you can um some of those people that you might think are um uh, very reluctant they just might be reluctant in that one setting like a classroom but then, if they get alone with you after the classroom, maybe they're very open yeah. And interpersonal.
0: Yeah, it just it just depends. Yeah, and I'm thinking about like I've been in several meetings where people are are not afraid to open up and to share and to be intimate, to be vulnerable. And I've seen people in meetings that they don't say a word, right? Because yeah, I, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and
1: and there are other people who um,
0: over disclose perhaps in sure.
1: various. Yeah. You know, the, the first time you get one on one with them, they just flood you. And uh, uh, same thing with with meetings or per public speaking sure, or anything, yeah, you yeah. know, there once they once that floodgate opens, boom, it's all or nothing. And so, yeah, over
0: disclosing perhaps can can lead to yeah, negative yeah. perceptions. And I know people who are deathly afraid of public speaking. Yeah. And some people love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a friend
1: and uh, we had a, a Sunday small group and this small group kept growing and growing, and growing. This is after college. And there'd be 50 of us in this room, and she could talk and talk and talk to that group. But if you asked her, hey, could you stand up and read this to the group, she couldn't do it. Oh, man, okay. So it it could be the exact same group, the exact same, but in her mind, that shifted from group to public speaking. Yeah, yeah. Or if you said, would you stand up in front of a small group of five students in your class and speak, she couldn't do it. Yeah. So that's the, but that's, that's the way PRCA works.
0: Yeah. Our communication apprehension works for that. That makes sense. How do you think uh, a business, a university, how do you think larger corporations, groups of people can foster or make an environment of communication? Interpersonal or or intimate, whatever. I, one of my takeaways from uncertainty reduction theory is that communication reduces uncertainty. Mm-hmm. How do you think we can, we, being the universities in general, how do you think we can reduce uncertainty and provide that environment of communication? I think I think it has to come
1: from the top. Come from the top, yeah. I think you have to address human nature. You mm. can't ask people not to discuss something once you've told them, "Hey, there's this thing, and I don't want you to discuss it." No,
0: yeah.
1: you got to let them discuss. Yeah, you can't just say this is the way it is, and you know we 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 also look at that in in organizational communication, if I just tell you this is the way it is, the understanding is there. But it's going to take a little bit of time for you to work through it and to come to acceptance. And then you're trying to figure out how to implement it. Whereas if we have a discussion, a group discussion about yeah, it, yeah. it's going to take forever. Yeah. But guess what? In the end, it's implemented faster. Because by the time we get around to implementation, we've already talked it through and we just do it. There we go, and uncertainty is reduced. Yeah, yeah. And we we've asked the questions that you never thought of. That you've asked the questions that I never thought of, and those are important questions. And so I would say any organization really has to look at uh, their structures and how open they are to communicating with each other, and how strict they are on those barriers. You can't discuss this, or you shouldn't discuss it, if you, if you have a lot of those. Then yeah. it's going to be real hard to to have a uh, to have a good level of uncertainty. If you're just if you're sitting down with anybody within the organization, and then you come across it, oh, we shouldn't talk about that
0: moment. Then that that probably is a sign. Or I've seen I've I've been a part of this a lot. I've I've had people tell me, hey, I'm going to tell you something. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: and. Especially when that when when that uncertainty involves uh, things like careers. Yes. Yeah. When we're talking about careers and stuff, it, it doesn't matter. We're gonna we're gonna actively we're a we're a heat-seeking missile for information. Yeah. We yeah. want it and we will find it and it may not be accurate, but by golly, we got it. We're gonna fill in those blanks, right? We, yeah, with whatever we can. And we yeah. need to. We that's, that's another tenet of uncertainty. You, you need it. It's not just, uh, you know. Wouldn't it be nice? No, we need.
0: No, it. we need to know. We need information. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Otherwise, we get that cognitive stress yeah, yeah, that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, oh,
0: yeah. This is such an important conversation, Sean, and I think it pertains very, very closely to mental health. Uh, I really mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm glad. I'm glad we're talking about this. Um, we're going to provide people with a, a space for questions, be it on our Facebook page or the Center's p- Facebook page, or just email. So I hope people respond and and are curious about this conversation. I don't know, Sean. What else? What else do you think we should be talking about? I think I think that that
1: what you're doing here is very good, very helpful, very important. Mm, yeah. And I think any organization can benefit from looking inwardly and saying, okay, what are we missing? What are we doing right? Even though we've been, you know, running smoothly for 250 years, yeah. Um. You know, maybe it's time to take a look at ourselves and and. Also, the dynamics of uncertainty reduction perhaps have changed somewhat with the generational changes. Oh, interesting, yeah. You know, I would say that, that there are probably different rules interpersonally, mm-hmm. but then again, the the basic idea of it certainly wouldn't have changed. Sure. Yeah. So the basics of it are there, but um, someone was talking about uh, something as simple as a tattoo. You know, that's oh, yeah. very generational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey my mom, I got to tell you this story. Okay, this is <laughs> this is endearing and yet okay. So, um my daughter's boyfriend had a tattoo of an eagle and mom met him for the first time and she's like, "An eagle, that's great. Do you know where that comes from in the Bible?" And you know, do you know the Bible passage yeah, about yeah. the eagle. Cool. So, to back up a little bit, mom's very anti-tattoo, okay. right? But then he immediately responded, you know, Isaiah 11 6 or 6 mm-hmm. 11 whatever it was passage in isaiah and her eyes just lit up because here was a boy who knew the passage <laughs> but not only that he had that passage tattooed oh, nice. on yeah, his yeah, side yeah, yeah. and she was like oh and you just saw the internal conflict you know but it's generational <laughs> yeah. so i suspect yeah. that there are a lot of things that uh that we think might reduce uncertainty and with other generations it might not
0: be as effective this might be a different podcast but like things like text messaging yeah snapchat I mean, yeah those are all vehicles of communication yeah and i can see how that can help and social media and twitter mm-hmm. i feel like that is a way to reduce uncertainty if mm-hmm. you want an answer it's out there for you and and whether it's right or not i don't know but that might be a different conversation though well in in that that it, it is but
1: it, it goes into the idea of what we call media richness yeah yeah and so face to face is almost by definition the richest form of communication whereas just simple text on a screen would be low but then the instantaneous nature of texting yeah. that's high yeah. and then all the emojis and everything else that that adds a lot more to it so yeah what um I think that that that's that's a good observation that that all of this is communication yeah. and the more we have the better we are and I think it's foolish of us to just say um okay students you must communicate with me only in this form yeah, and I've yeah, I've yeah, tried to yeah. get rid of that because I I can't you know I in my preference yes they would all you know line up for my office hours yeah that never happens <laughs> you know but yeah, how do we do it? We gotta
0: we gotta look hard at ourselves and yeah. try to find new ways of connecting. Yeah, I think so. And I think universities try to do that with initiatives mm-hmm. and, and self studies and I think they try to do that. I think yeah. that effort is out there. But like you're saying, the way we communicate is evolving. And yeah. It's changing. And and I, I do think it takes a, a larger, a uh, deeper look at the institution itself to really decipher that and discern that. Um no, I think that's good. I think that's really good. Um I don't know. Uh, Sean, this is good. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate it. When you said this last week, I was like, wait a minute, that's kind of perfect. We should talk about that. So it's a uh, good time to discuss it. It is. And so I'm glad I did a little bit of research before we just recorded last week. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Notice I brought in my own textbook here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not mine. So, okay, uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Thanks for being here. Uh, Stay tuned. There's going to be more to come. In the meantime, Take care, let's be kind to each other, and we'll talk to you then.